I would like to acknowledge the Kwandamuka people, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was recorded, and to pay my respects to their elders past, present and those emerging. I am fortunate to be able to spend much of my lifestyle outside on the land of the longest living storytellers in the world, and I am grateful for their ongoing care and connection to the land and the waterways. I do my best to respect the land by treading carefully and acknowledging the beauty when I am working and playing on country. This episode, the table turned on me and my good friend Kate interviewed me and asked me lots of questions about the podcast, my volunteer work and about the value of family to me. I met Kate in 2020 when we were only allowed to exercise with two people. A friend Kate was pairing up with was injured, so Kate and I were set up for a long run. We laugh now about how I felt like it was a blind date and I asked my other friend if we'd have enough in common to talk to talk about for a two-hour run. Well, we haven't stopped talking since. I'm very grateful to Kate for her support of me and the podcast since I first came up with the idea for it. She was the one who provided me feedback on the design of the artwork, gives me honest feedback on the episodes and regularly sends me ideas for women to interview. As a big supporter, Kate was the obvious choice for interview me. Not going to lie, it felt a little bit weird, and I'm sure she felt the same. But I hope you find something of my story that resonates with you. Thank you, Kate. You're the type of friend all women need in their lives. Thank you for inviting me to chat with you, Alana. Um, I'm really proud that you've actually asked me to be the person to do your interviewing, and I think that there'd be lots of people that we know that would Love to be on this side and have mm. a chat with you. Thanks, Kate. Um, and I'm going to start with your two opening questions. Um, so they are, can you share your story about how you got to the Bayside and what do you love about being part of our community? All right, so how I got here. So I came here in 2016. 16. Um, we were living in Karina for around 20 years and we downsized, we were looking at downsizing and I wanted to be somewhere near a cinema. Um, and then so I was looking at Hawthorne and Blimba but, um, and Morningside but the prices were ridiculous for two-bedroom apartments. Um, and just one day I randomly looked on um, realestate.com and saw this place and came and looked and my husband said to me when I called him from outside that it was a done deal just the way that I was speaking. <laughs> and as I drove, because as I drove down the street, I could see the water. Um, and I still look at that water every time I walk down, drive down the hill. I still look at it um, in awe because I love it. I love the sparkle. Um, and even if it's high tide, low tide, doesn't matter. Um, so what I love about the community and the place itself, so the water itself I love, being on the water, I, I always said that the Esplanade would never be wasted on me, so I'm either out walking or running um, every day on the Esplanade. Um, and I just love the community. Like Carino mm. is only less than 10K from here, but it has a completely different feel, completely different feel. I was there for 20 years and only knew people that I knew previously or through my daughter's school. Um, but here, just within months, I had a community. I was going to a singing group. I was going to a book club. Um, I met friends through running. Um, and so it's just – and I continue to meet people. Um, it's just – the, the downside of that is I never want to leave. 
it's the it's the Bayside bubble where everything's here, and as things continue to grow, um, I don't have to leave. And now there's a cinema in my street, so all of my dreams of living near a cinema came true without me even planning for it. So, <laughs> yes, we do love the cinema. We <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> um, uh, you've said um, family and friends a couple of times already that they're important to you, and that's um, one of my sentences that I put down in my notes. Um, and this year your family got uh, a little bigger um, and one of our listeners has asked an important question about the feeling of being a grandmother. So what's that feeling for you and what do you see the difference between um, being a grandma and the way that your wonderful daughter um, and granddaughter uh, um, have a relationship? Oh, it's it's so different. The, um, so it was a it was a long six year journey for our little one to be with us, and she um, came into our lives on Anzac Day, and this year, and it just it's hard to describe just the joyful. I might even get emotional now, Kate. Just the joy that it brings to my heart um and she knows me and it's so beautiful when I because I see her a few times a week and when I um walk in the door she just gives me a big grin because she knows who I am and it's just the most beautiful feeling of um love and pride pride for my daughter and her husband um for what they've given to share for everyone to share Mm -hmm. I think that's you know it's it's beautiful for them but it's beautiful for all of us who get to share that love and joy that she brings every time we see her and spend time with her um and it's so different parenting um now um I just sit back and watch and it's things have changed like 32 (laughs) years since I had a newborn and um you know apart from technology and how much evidence has been um is now in place to to know how to do things better like we just you know fumbled through and you know our parents fumbled through and you did what you did and you do the best that you can but we just know better now we've learnt more about what's best for baby and what's best for mum and dad too so um um, I watch I watch the two of them, you know, always seeing what's next and what they should be doing but without a sense of stress. They just do it because they um, want to do the best thing by their little one. Yeah. Yes. I think um, family evolves and, um, and the way we look after our children is always so important yeah. and I think that community and everything that goes with it yeah. um, just Brings so much joy. She it does. does joy she does. She does bring Kate joy too. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And I can see that she knows your laugh. <laughs> she just brightens up. It's beautiful. Well, we had a beautiful. Um, I think it was really nice too because when my daughter was pregnant, we spent ten days together in New York at the beginning of the year, and um, and I always said if she doesn't know my voice by now, uh, she's never going to because we were in a hotel room and together a lot for that ten days. <laughs> So I'm going to just go back to um, the podcast itself and I want to say thank you um, for introducing us to so many strong, inspiring and brave Mm. women in our women and manly community. Um, Can you share with us what was your inspiration to actually start this podcast? Yeah, so I have all, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and I think I I think it's probably been five or six years since I've been thinking, I really want to do a podcast, but I just couldn't work out 
what type of podcast to do. And I think I've told a few people that I wanted one that was going to be a real success and take off worldwide. Um, And then I just, one day, it was really sudden last year, I just went, oh, why don't I just do one? I, I looked around our own area and I thought of, Joan Pease and Marley and a few people in our own backyard um, that were really great women and doing really good things for the community that I love. So I actually just went, it was a really snap decision to think, oh, why don't I just do one on the women of Winner Manly um, and interview women in the area. And as Kate said, there's some incredibly um, strong and brave um just amazing women and I just keep finding more like <laughs> I had I had this little list in mind when I first um, thought about it and I know Kate's been my what's 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 your official title Kate? Uh, Neil likes to call me the business manager. Business manager. <laughs> Kate's my business manager so I threw it around is this a good idea that I could just do one for Winner Manly um, and she agreed and we you know sort of named so I did think of Carl, Marley and Joan and I had a couple of others um, Nick um, and Al and Kel I think that was so they were some of my first ones I just had in mind and I reached out to them um, once I'd come up with the idea and everyone has said yes. And then more and more women keep coming forward either themselves, they nominate themselves, which I think is amazing, um, or someone will just message me and say, oh, I know this woman who'd be great for your podcast, here's the details or I'll introduce you by email and that's how I've got, I think I've done, I've done well over 20 interviews now since last July. Um, so that's been, it just continues. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no end in sight for um, the women that just keep coming forward, yeah. And in, in our community, um, you're leading this this part of, of what you're delivering to us, but I know that you actually spend time within our community and giving back as well. Do you want to talk to, to us about those those times that you um, donate your time yeah, to the community? Yeah, because community does mean a lot to me um, and I just feel I've an obligation, I guess, to um, if I've got free time, um, then what if I can give something to help others, then I'll, I'll do it. So... Um, I guess a couple of things I do. I um, have been involved in Parkrun as an ambassador, um, trying to get older people involved in Parkrun. So we've had a couple of octogenarian events. Um, yeah, at Wyndham Parkrun where we've had people who are in the 80s and 90s yes. who have come from all over Brisbane. I think the last one we had Tasmania? someone from Tasmania yeah. and Victoria came up just for that Parkrun mm-hmm. to see our beautiful um, Bayside waterfront. Um, and I also, um, every few Friday nights, volunteer. I used to volunteer at Rosie's until COVID and then I paused on that. Um, so now I volunteer at Orange Sky. So um, for people who may not know, Orange Sky is a, a mobile laundry service for people who are living rough on the streets or, or are living rough. So they can bring their washing and we wash it and dry it. So it sits up at... Um, Every Friday night it's up at the train station next to Rosie's um, and people come along and we just have a chat to people who um, is often the same people but sometimes new people to the community who have, you know, um, for whatever reason have fallen into hard times and uh, found themselves in the Bayside. Um, And, you know, it's I think it's just it's humbling for me. It's a humbling experience for me. Um, and a reminder of my own privilege at times as well when um, it's a variety of its families, it's older men, it's older women, 
it's younger people, it's people who are affected by a whole range of mental health or drug and alcohol issues or just circumstances um, who find themselves. Um, so we do their washing, we're washing and drying. Um, we're there for a couple of hours on Friday night. So it's a nice it's a nice thing um, for me to do. It's an easy thing for me to do to help out. It is wonderful. And I'll probably go back to when we first started our conversation and I said that you've introduced us to some strong and inspiring and brave women and I think that you are also <laughs> one of our um, inspiring, brave and strong women. Thank you, um, I do admire that you give so much to our community and also you go and find stuff that's happening in our community and you actually share it with us yeah. as well. It's, um, it's nice to know that down on the Bayside we, we've got a lovely place to live and, and we can give back to yeah. what we have here yeah. as well. Thank you. So um, if we want to be part of your podcast because we'd like to see it grow and, and, be, and be shared across our platforms, how can we get in touch with you to either nominate another woman that mm-hmm. we'd like to listen to or, in fact, put our own hand up mm-hmm. and be brave Definitely. and come and have a chat with you as well? <laughs> And noting that I have no rules about where the Bayside is. I know some some people have said, oh, I live at Birkdale. It's close enough for me. (laughs) Maybe if you can see quantum (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So I have a Facebook, um, Women of Winter Manly Facebook and Instagram page. So you can contact me. That's probably the easiest way. It's just sending me a, a... DM, DM. Yeah, slip into my DMs. Yes, slip into my DMs, which is the most common way. And people, a few people have emailed me as well. So um, I think that must, that's on my, when I set it up, I must put my email on my um, Facebook Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So um, any of those ways you can make contact and reach out and give me some more suggestions or nominate yourself, as Kate said. I've got some old school business cards as well. Yeah, I have. I have. I got some business cards printed. So, um, yeah. And, and you are a little famous because we can be walking along the Esplanade and people can identify you now. That's very exciting. It was. I had an example of that, I think, was it a couple of months ago when I asked someone, I didn't have my glasses on in the morning and I needed something read on my phone, and I asked this woman who was just walking along, oh, do you mind reading my um, text message for me? And she said, are you Alana from the podcast? (laughs) Before we finish up, did you want to add anything to Um, our chat? No, I think um, thanks, Kate. It's really kind of you to say those nice words and for spending some of your time on the weekend um, doing this. Kate has been um, a great follower and supporter mm-hmm. of the podcast right from inception. So um, another one of our wonderful women of the area who inspire and support. I think I'm a big believer um, <clears throat> and many of the jobs I've done in my life as well is um, trying to lift people up and doing and, you know, making the world a better place. So um, if the podcast helps get people's voices and women's voices out there and lift them up a little, um, certainly I know in that first year people were just coming off the back of COVID and I interviewed a lot of businesswomen who had been doing it really tough. Um, but all of them, the thread throughout was that they were supported by other women in the area, other business um, owners in the area to help get them through. So if I can contribute in some little way to that then um job done yeah job done (laughs) 
Could you share uh, the projects that you've worked on in lifting people up in your job? Yeah. So I used to, um, after school I was a, a bankie. I worked in a bank, but um, I sort of found myself then working in um, non-government organisations, so um, around disability. So I think that really got me started thinking about how I could contribute to community and society in a different way. Um, so then I started studying. So I started studying when I was in my late 20s and I was a sole parent at the time um, and studied over six and a half years. It was a slog, six and a half years of study, um, working full-time, to um, do a, a degree to, and my goal at that time was to become a child protection worker because mm-hmm. I just for some reason in my head that was what I was wanting to achieve so the six and a half years was a means to an end to be able to do something to help children in particular um, and I got there so I did um, and then I did a couple of years as um, a child protection worker and that sort of then evolved into other spaces within the child protection and community system mm-hmm. um so that's probably when I really started contributing to society and community and seeing the value in being able to do that um and then I in the last few years I've been working in um inclusion diversity and equity space in the public sector so um currently around gender pay gap and trying to improve conditions for women um but and working around people with disability and employment as well to try to improve their experiences and try to get more people in the public sector to be able to actually that we have got people who are representative of the community um because you know there's our community is so diverse if we're going to be serving them as a public sector um in the work that we do we need to make sure that i can people can see themselves so that's been um my paid work for (laughs) for a few years now um which i love i get a lot of it's sometimes it's hard work because you don't always see the benefits Mm -hmm. quickly um but it's meaningful work and i think that's for me that's really important to do work aligns to your value it does providing the community yeah and it's interesting Kate you just reminded me one of the reasons I got involved in Rosie's and some other as soon as when I was doing frontline child protection work um, when I left that to go into sort of central office roles more desk roles um, and not working with the kids and the families I actually felt something was really lacking so I actually then started doing there was a few different things so there was a Red Cross cafe in the city so within a couple of months of leaving child protection I started every Tuesday night going to this Red Cross Cafe for Homeless Youth. So, and I've sort of continued on from them with different projects and different things because I just felt like I needed that values. It is that values um, driven just way of living, yeah. really, that makes made me want to do something where if I couldn't do it in my paid work, mm-hmm. I could still find that elsewhere. I didn't have to be doing it for a job. Yeah. I could just do it in my own time. So, how, what tips could you give? Because I think a lot of people feel that they'd like to give and volunteer. Um, but they're held back by a bit of a fear mm. that they wouldn't have anything to offer or they don't even know where to start looking. Mm. Where did you start looking? Um, that's a really good question. I think because there's so many community organisations mm. out there and and I think we're in, we're certainly different to, you know, a couple of decades ago where people weren't 
um, particularly women, weren't all in the workforce, paid workforce. Um, so time, there were more volunteers. So I think there's much more of a shortage of volunteers now and more of a need for community services mm-hmm. now more than ever because um, because people have, there's more, <clears throat> people have are experiencing rougher times probably than they have in the past. Um, so I think there's simple things. I know I sort of always look around um, and actively look at organisations that I align with as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons Rosie's and Orange Sky. Orange Sky, I had to go on a wait list because it's really popular mm-hmm. um, because it's known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But there's other little places and I think I've actually found and I'm dreadful because I could get caught up in doing five different volunteer jobs. I have to stop myself. <laughs> And say, when am I going to have the time for that, really? <laughs> I just need to retire early, I think. So if someone's interested in volunteering, they could reach out to you on that, on, through Facebook yeah, as well and, yeah, and ask yeah, for some yeah, suggestions. Yeah. But I think, um, I think who is it, Volunteering Queensland and Seek. Seek.com now have a volunteering page. They do, um, yes. And there's hundreds of volunteer roles and, yep. and they're, they're so varied. There's mm. things you can go and read. You know, they want people to bring their dogs to school to read to, to children through yeah. to Meals on Wheels. I don't and think my dog can read yet. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could. He's clever enough. <laughs> But there's there's such diversity around in what roles are around if you really go go um, looking for it. Yeah. So I think um, you know some of the care roles in for um, in aged care. There's mm-hmm. always people they're looking for hospitals, like or any sort of organisation. There's an arm of volunteer work, and it's you know I think getting volunteers for an organisation just is it's really hard it's a hard slog for people to find people that yeah. are available and I, I think too with volunteering it, a couple of hours every few weeks is all I do with Orange Sky and that's enough yes. you know I don't have to do every week some mm-hmm. people might like to do that and that's fine but you don't have to commit to a lot mm-hmm. you just have to commit to something just, that's how I see it just yes. if you commit to something you're still contributing and you're relied on if you can say that I can just get there every second Friday or Wednesday yeah. and you're there, that's what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that can turn up and, and um, be, be yeah. helpful. Yeah. And you don't have to have, I think the other thing is too, you don't have to have, you know, necessarily professional skills. You just mm-hmm. have to be kind and True. be able to, you know, most volunteer roles, yeah. most, I mean, some obviously there's some volunteer roles that you've got to have some sort of qualifications, but the majority of, of service type roles, volunteer roles where you're trying to support the community, mm-hmm. all you have to be is give you time and be kind and patient with people. And that's that we've all important. got that. Yes. <laughs> we've all got that ability. Like that's and it's not hard. That's not hard. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it's not easy. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for sharing um, all of all of these lovely women in our in in our Bayside community, and it would be wonderful to actually talk to even more women yeah. and keep the podcast going yeah. for an, another couple of years. Great, um, we we did achieve a, a little bean sprout um, achievement just recently. I saw come through, so um, it's, we're ticking boxes and and moving it forward. So, anyone really wants to. Have anyone has an idea, um, 
they just need to reach out to yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. And can I just say to you just reminded me, um, I get all the stats of, of the number of people who listen but also where they're from and I'm always blown away that there's people in – at first I thought, oh, there was an alignment to a particular guest that someone in America – listens to the podcast but they listen to every episode wow. like it's just <laughs> there's all yeah all, all over the place and people in France and um yeah not I mean not huge numbers but there's there's about five different countries across the world that um will listen to the episode so it's really nice mm-hmm. expats or what, for whatever reason it's um it's quite exciting for me too for that to to see that beautiful <laughs> all right thank thanks you. Kate